everyone, and welcome to episode 60 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. If it's your first time here, thank you for the listen. On this podcast, we talk about movies and games news. We also talk about what we played or watched over the week. My name is Barry, along with my co-host. My name is Craig. And also, before we get started, I wanted to take the time to give you a big old congratulations, round of applause for making it through the scariest part of Resident Evil. So I just wanted to get that out there before we start. You did it. We're all proud of you. You know, thank you. I did feel I did feel a sense of accomplishment afterwards. If you guys haven't known that I've been switched, uh, I've been streaming Resident Evil 6 and the scariest part that they all talk about. I I did have a rough time making it through it. There there was a part of me that didn't think I was going to not. There was a part of me didn't think I was going to make it. Yeah, but we did. You powered through it. I don't know if powering is the right word. (laughs) And it will forever be immortalized on the inner interwebs for everybody to see. Yeah, we plan on cutting it up, cutting it up. And if you're there for the next stream, I plan on doing a little something with it. Hopefully you guys will find it fun. Sweet. So I'm, I'm already working on that. And with with that, congratulations out of the way. And thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the news for this week. All right. First up for me is GTA is to get a PS5 and Xbox Series X upgrade in November. We knew this was coming, but we didn't know it was coming in November. And really, my only viewpoint on this is, you know, good for everybody that still plays that game. And yeah. I don't know if it's, the upgrade is free or not. It probably is. But this is just another reason for GTA to release a new next gen version of the game and make people pay 60 bucks for it again. Yeah, I don't know how much better they can make it. Right. Because obviously the jump from uh, like the 360 and the PS3 to the PS4 and the Xbox one was a big jump. And I remember the big thing there was they added first person, which was cool. And like I bought both of those versions, but I don't see a reason to to pick this up or do the got to be load times. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I've already beaten the game twice. So like I don't really have any desire to play through it again. I'm not a big GTA online fan, so I know there's a ton of people who are still playing it. So I get that part of it. But just give us, you know. Give us another one now. I know there's been leaks this week, apparently, for a GTA 6, but I will believe that when I see a concrete trailer in front of yeah. my own eyes. Yeah, agreed. Um, I wanted to go with what I thought was the most important news of the week. Instead of waiting until the end like I normally do, I wanted to do this one first. So um, just so everybody is aware, if you have not seen the trailer for Together BNB. I would like you all to yeah. pause the podcast and go watch the three minute trailer and then come back. And now that you're done, I'm going to assume you've watched it. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's been some crazy trailers that just go off the rails. This one by far is the best by far. The go game, ahead. you don't know what's going on in the game. <laughs> like I, I had to do some. Once you showed me this trailer, like yep. all I could do is keep laughing. Yep. Like. There's a diff- there's like deadly premonition to demo bad in the mm-hmm. game bad and then there's like this bad which it's taking itself so seriously yep. that it, it it's funny and yeah the game is a little you know it's it, there will be content that is going to be adult only so it'll eventually be you know just another adult only Steam game yep but what's in early access right now is what's shown off in the trailer and it's uh <laughs> it, it's it's one heck of a time listen it's a trip. Anything you could possibly want in a video game is in this game. You want to drive a car? Sure. But have you ever thought about driving a car through a river, through a pond? You can do that. There's guns. There is photos. There are 
uh, dating sim applications here. There is getting drunk. What else did I miss? There's shooting animals. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. The gunplay seems to be the best part. And, uh, and uh, yeah, you said dating sim. If yep. all they needed was um, turn-based combat and it'd be yeah. the next Fire Emblem. You know so. what? Maybe that's what they're going for. <laughs> this is just a, this is just a deep trailer for Man, the next this, Fire Emblem. I mean, this thing just came out of nowhere. I saw an article on it and I watched the trailer and it's such a train wreck that like everybody needs to watch this trailer. It's like $18 on Steam right now if you're really interested. It has horrible reviews, obviously, but that just makes me want to play it even more. I haven't bought it yet. Just let me make that clear. <laughs> but you're going Craig to. Showed, Craig showed me this trailer and, you know, I... I read, I watched reviews and it's funny how it all mm -hmm. how it's all going, but you know I'm gonna wait. You know maybe maybe there's going to be a part two. Apparently the game does not have a lot of content out right now due to early access. Okay, so we That's will fair. we will end up seeing what comes up with it. Look forward to that review. Yeah, that'll be an interesting <laughs> review to say the least. Another game coming to PS5 and Series X for whatever reason is Saints Row Three. <laughs> yeah, I. I feel like Saints Row 3 got the news that GTA was doing this and then they went, okay, we're doing it too. Like it just Saints Row 3 always seems to follow the backs of GTA because the games in a lot of ways are very similar. One's mm -hmm. like super serious and GTA and the other one's kind of super goofy in what Saints Row 3 can be sometimes. Yeah, but they, you know, GTA gets a lot of flack for releasing on every console known to man, but like quietly in the dark, GTA or uh, Saints Row 3 has done the exact same thing, and they've even one-upped Rockstar by putting it on the Switch as well. Yeah. So, like, they've actually done more because Saints Row 3 has been on 360 PS3, Xbox One, PS4, Switch, and now going to be PS5 and Series X. That's insane. And it's like a game that's fine. I enjoyed playing Saints Row 3, but I don't think literally anybody is asking for this. Nobody. Yeah, you know, I'd be interested to see if they bring it out on the Wii U, that dead console. Just <laughs> it to... may already have. I don't know. I'd have to look that up. It definitely isn't. I'm for <laughs> sure of that. I just remember, like, I loved it. I bought it the day it came out on 360. Saints Row is one of my favorite franchises. At least it was. Saints Row 1 and 2. Like, Saints Row 2 is one of my favorite games that I played on the Xbox 360. So it was fantastic. And then 3 was good. And then it kind of went off the rails for me a little bit. But yeah. You know, if you haven't played it yet by some miracle, I would say check it out if they've done some work to make it better, because I tried to play it not too long ago. And man, the controls are just awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also got a five minute trailer for Mario Golf. Yeah, and, uh, I saw that. got to see all the info on that. And this got me a lot more excited than I thought I was going to be for this game. Um, I love Hot Shots Golf, right? And then I, Hot Shots Golf transformed into... Why am I blanking on the PS4? Was it Let's Golf? My... I think it. I think it's Let's Golf or Everybody Golf. Every, every or yeah, I think it's Everybody golf. golf. Yeah, Everybody's yeah. Golf. That's it. And again, like going way back when Hot Shots Golf on the PlayStation One was my jam when I was a young kid. So I love the arcade style um, of golf. I also love Tiger Woods and all that. But Hot Shots Golf has always been fun. So like this looks like it's going to have that itch, and even the. Uh, the other modes, right, like the battle mode, which reminded me of like the battle mode from a Mario Kart. That seems fun where you're kind of racing around to get three holes before everybody else. I just I'm super excited for this game now, like super pumped. It looks like I'm going to have a ton of fun. It has like a story mode in quotation marks there where you can level up your character. And I just think it seems like there's a lot to do there. 
Yeah, uh, it seems like they're trying to make a rebound based off of what the a lot of people had criticisms of Super Mario Tennis, mm-hmm. where there really wasn't a lot of content, where it seems like here they're trying to give everybody as much as they could. The characters that they decided to go with, they're quite interesting yeah. as well. You have the singer lady from Super Mario Odyssey. You have like the football dressed guys as well from like Super yep. Mario Party and everything like that. Like the characters, they're trying to make it a diverse list. I'm a Princess Peach stand, so no matter <laughs> no matter how bad she is, I'm sticking with Princess Peach. I usually go with Yoshi in these type of games, so that's probably gonna what I'm gonna go with. But I just think this is gonna be another one of those games that's gonna be like almost a necessity if you own a Switch. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited like, for it. The party party that. elements are gonna be great. You know, we're getting to the point where we can start hanging out with our friends again. So like I think that's gonna be a good party game. And then when they're not there and you're just in the mood for some golf, I think this is gonna be a very solid golfing game so i'm super pumped and that's uh next month i believe yes it is next month cool we have the dual sense releasing controllers that are going to be red and black uh they look really slick mm-hmm. and i will probably end up grabbing one uh because due to resident evil i've probably i think i broke the analog <laughs> stick on my controller so i'm gonna bl- i'm gonna blame resident evil 8 on that and Resident Evil should send me a custom controller in order yes. to replace in order to replace it. But knowing my luck, what they would do is they'd put the baby picture on the touchpad and I'd never <laughs> want to touch anything again. That's true. They would know exactly how to mess with you. Man, the the red, the crimson version of this controller is so good that I want to buy it and I don't even have the console yet. I'm just like, yeah, Man, you'll just I, have it. I need you'll save that. It. Yeah, it's a very cool color. Like the black is fine. I think I'd almost prefer the black to be the standard instead of the white, just because I don't like how much du- uh, dirt shows on white. Yeah. So, but man, that crimson is is solid. Very yeah, solid. Yeah, it is. Um, the last story that I have is kind of a big one. Um, we had the Warner Brothers games got broken up by the acquisition of AT&T. And uh, this is a big deal when you look at it and you kind of break it down. Um, on the surface... So I had to look it up so I got all the information right. But it includes some of Warner Brothers Interactive, but not all of them. But it does include DC Comics and uh, also Rooster Teeth is part of that sale as well. Yep. But the big thing here is with the DC Comics is you have uh, Gotham Knights and you also have the Suicide Squad game that was supposed to come out um, that are now like totally up in the air because those have both been delayed um, into next year as it is. So they're already kind of in trouble. But now we don't even know if they're going to get canned. We may never even see these games anymore, which is kind of upsetting because I was really looking forward to both of those games. Yeah, and one thing to mention as well is AT&T sold both of them to the Discovery Channel of all places. Yeah. Yeah. So we just have to see what comes out of this. I highly doubt it affects the games if I'm being if if I'm trying to think in the future. here, I don't think it will because, you know, people like these games and Discovery has to know that gaming is just a growing thing in the in the market right now. So Mm -hmm. I imagine that people are going to continue to put effort and hopefully allow the team. Hopefully nobody needs to lose jobs off of this. So and I don't really watch or get into a lot of Rooster Teeth stuff anymore. I used to, but I had no idea that they were owned by Warner Brothers. That's kind of a big deal. I don't know if this affects them as far as like losing jobs or anything like that. I would hope not. Uh, maybe it ends up helping them. I don't know. But it was just kind of a big deal that seemed to kind of be like people didn't seem like it was that big of a deal, but it could potentially be affecting games. I hope not, but it could. All right. I have a lot more news. I have a lot let's more news to post. So let's go ahead and run through these. 
uh, Battlefield Six leaks very minor. They're really bad screenshots. <laughs> so if you're yeah. if you want to see the Battlefield Six leaks, you can go right on ahead. But let me tell you, it's not worth your time. Yeah. We then have a rumor that MGM, the studio behind James Bond and other very successful franchises, may be selling to Amazon. Hmm. the The rumor is that it they may sell for about nine billion dollars and this is apparently over very long contract talks i only included this in the news because i'm a james bond head what if it goes to amazon prime the new i would james bond movie i would be okay with that but i hopefully they do a theatrical release as well because while doing this like while reading the story i watched the second trailer for Mm -hmm. james bond again and i'm just so excited for no time to die like yeah i still have to wait till october (laughs) of all things to wait for this movie to come out but I've, I've been patient so far. I'll continue to be patient. Usually if James Bond is not in anywhere, I don't think about it. But yeah. uh, MGM Studios has also, annou- also announced that the creators of Hitman are making a James Bond game. Yep. So it would be interesting to see if that changes things and maybe this James Bond game ends up becoming something where it's like an Amazon-owned game. Where, you know, maybe Amazon decides, okay, this is a James Bond game and we release it out. Because if it ends up being good, that only helps Amazon in the gaming sphere, which Amazon continuously <laughs> strikes out on right now. Correct. So. You know, on a side note, though, it's been so nice um, seeing like just the dump of trailers that's come out in the past couple of days for movies yeah. and just getting back to that normal of being like, movie trailer here's the day it's going to be in movies in theaters and getting super excited about that um you know we got like uh quiet place 2 trailer we got the snake eyes the gi joe one coming out we got a trailer for the dear evan hansen movie that came out uh that's that came out today the trailer but it's just nice seeing all that stuff again because it's been so long since we've had like trailers because there hasn't been a need for it all these movies have been pushed forever so it just Again, it feels like we're getting back to normal, but I've just missed the movies so much in movie theaters and trailers is such a big part of it for me. I used to be like every day I would be checking and say, all right, what's the new movie trailers that came out today? And and seeing that finally again is just amazing to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It's been nice to see. And, you know, one of the stories in here is the Snake Eyes movie, which I didn't know anything about or asked for. I'm excited for it. But that's because I like those types of, you know, war movies and that kind of thing as well. Mm -hmm. So Snake Eyes, I look forward to just in general. We then have and this is also something I was reading and this was released uh, just last month and we didn't do anything or didn't know that it happened due to Quibi being canceled because all of like the like Quibi did not get off the ground. If you didn't know what it is, it was meant to be a streaming platform that was meant to do like 10 minute videos. Yeah. Roku has now releasing those Quibi things because they acquired Quibi and now is naming them Roku originals. So Hmm. we are going to end up seeing probably those franchises or um, shows come back where we had, I think we had like Chrissy Teigen's court, yeah. There was a show with Anna Kendrick. Reno there was just, one was on there. Yeah, there's yep. a show that Sophie Turner was on, and I think Die Hard, which, you know, was the Kevin Hart thing as well. Right. So if you were interested in those, at least you know there's a platform, and Roku is one of the biggest smart TV streaming things right now. So yeah. uh, when it comes to movie world, I'm glad that those some of those things were probably good. I never watched any of the stuff on Quibi, but hopefully they end up finding a new audience here. Yeah, I, I never got into it either because I wasn't going to pay 
a monthly fee for, you know, 10 minute episodes of stuff. I was a huge Reno 911 fan back in the day when it was on Comedy Central. So I was excited when I heard that, but not enough to get Quibi. But also that's also Reno 911's coming to, I believe, HBO Max. They're doing a new new series anyway. So but it is good that all those people who put all that hard work into those shows are finally going to maybe more people actually see it now. Exactly. We have Microsoft coming out and saying that Microsoft is going to be supporting Dolby Vision in their video games on the Series X and S. This kind of matters to you if you have a pretty good high-definition TV set. Dolby Vision, you have to kind of meet a standard for. But it just goes to show how Microsoft is investing, continue to make, you know, their games, these story-driven movie-type games to a point which Sony has taken, of course, Mm -hmm. in the right direction. It looks like Microsoft is doing so, but it's going to be based on picture as well. They did announce, though, that the Dolby Vision will only be available in 60 frames a second and not 120 frames. So there's going to kind of be a chopping block where you could probably have to decide whether or not you want the higher frame rate or Dolby Vision, but up to you with that one. That's pretty cool. Twitch is going to be adjusting subscription prices based on countries, and it's first going to be starting in Mexico, and I forget the other country, and I'm sorry, I forgot, but uh, some pe- you're going to be getting like cheaper prices for subscriptions, so I wonder what's going to happen with that and if it's going to affect the U.S. at all. Most likely not, if I had to guess. How am I going to pay for my hot tub streamers? <laughs> <laughs> what's, I wonder if it's going to be something where you know, Americans and like VPN services are pretty popular right now. I wonder if it changes anything if you use a VPN and then sign up for that subscription under that cheaper VPN country yeah, and end up just paying cheaper than everybody else. I don't know if they think maybe that's a loophole that nobody thought of. And <laughs> Twitch, if you end up fixing that, please hire me. Yeah. Give you some money or something. Yeah. Or just shout out the podcast. I <laughs> take I take that, too, if I'm going to be honest. There we go. Finally, getting to uh, the end of my new stuff here. I've got a lot of it. This is a feel good story, though. Uh, this is from Games Radar, uh, and the the article was by Here and Cryer. So, if you want to read more about it, go ahead. But FIFA, I know EA did something good here. <laughs> uh, today is the fifteenth anniversary of a rising superstar named. Uh, his name was Keon Prince, and he was an aspiring soccer player who died after getting after suffering a fatal stab wound while trying to break up a fight outside of his school. And the FIFA community or soccer community, as I was reading, was like very hurt about this because he was supposed to be a pretty prominent star in soccer in general. But this is the first time ever you kind of hear of FIFA or EA doing, hey, we're going to add this player to the game and also donate to the um, donate to his charity, which will end up raising awareness for knife crimes and knife wounds and stuff like that Mm -hmm. i just thought it was a super cool move by fifa and you rarely ever see this because we usually just talk about the loot box scandal (laughs) right that they continue to prey on people for this on the other hand is a nice thing so i wanted to shout that out because that's something that at least deserves a little bit of attention there because can't always highlight the bad we need some of the good here yeah and i i also read an, an article about that actually today as well and they worked with someone i forget the guy's name but um to see what he would look like now and then use that for his model in the game, which I thought was kind of cool. So yeah, you know, hats off to EA for doing something right there. Yeah. For once in their lives. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to make this story very, uh, I'm going to try to condense it the best way I can because it does have to do with a, a prominent gaming channel. It is the situation going on with uh, Israel and Palestine. If you want to do more research, you can, it's kind of a tricky situation there, but 
definitely, you know, pe- people are dying and it's wrong. It's the, that's kind of the gist of it there. IGN and their writers recently posted an article saying, here's how you can donate to Palestine. And now I'm going to leave out a lot of this stuff. The video I watched that detailed everything was by Alana Pierce on YouTube. She's a prominent gaming uh, head. At least I think she is a prominent gaming character. Used to be IGN you watch. too. Yes, exactly. Yep. So yep. she she knew a lot more about probably what was going on here. And in in a lot of the videos, she hypothesizes what happened here. So IGN posts that in funds to help Palestine. But then IGN Israel posted thing that said, you know, I don't know why IGN would do this. We're going out to reach comment. And then the upper boards at IGN went ahead and removed the post about it and the writers uh for like the main ign office which is like san francisco japan and australia ended up kind of signing a petition and letting their feelings known that this probably should not have happened before Mm -hmm. or or just should not have happened in general the reason it's kind of a slippery slope is because in other countries apparently other gaming outlets can buy the use of like naming themselves like ign israel or ign brazil or ign insert country here and that's where things kind of get tricky because apparently there's not a lot of communication according to Alana Pierce's video. And this is just something with gaming. And I feel like it's something we need to talk or I needed to mention before is because IGN is most, is kind of the biggest site for gaming in a lot of ways. And a yeah. lot of people use it internationally because, you know, I've, I've read reviews in Spanish before because I find it interesting that their other sites also have different scores. So it's kind of nice to see the differing uh, opinion in a lot of ways. But that's kind of the short version of it all. Hopefully IGN maybe backtracks this and maybe puts back up the original story because I know a lot of their prominent head figures in IGN are kind of upset at the fact that they tore down the link just because IGN Israel was, you know, stunned at the fact that they would have posted that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So it's a very slippery slope and I'm trying not to get too political in in any of it all, but you know, that that's how I guess I'm going to end uh, <laughs> news there. I'm, I, I heavily suggest doing your own research. There's tons of it on Twitter. If you wanted to look at it. And again, a lot of Pier- a lot of Pierce's YouTube video is also very, very well detailed and explains the situation a lot better than I could in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, Exactly. That's well said. It's best to do your own research and form your own opinions there. But yeah, it was definitely a very interesting story that seems to be getting a little out of hand here. So and, and like the reason, too, is like there was so much traction with this, like uh, the video that I had watched that that post had like forty five thousand likes on the main IGN post, which is a lot mm-hmm. for for Twitter. And then they removed it. So, and that's kind of why people got upset about it as well is because that was the most engagement that that Twitter site had. Let me tell you, I'd kill for 45,000. <laughs> right. And that's just a joke. I'm just kidding there, <laughs> but uh, it's just to take away something that people like thought you were doing good for. You're kind of backtracking yourself in a lot of ways. It doesn't do good in the perceptions. eye. Yeah. And I only took a couple classes in PR, but that's not really how you want to tackle things. <laughs> no, so, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> well, We'll leave it at that. And with the news being over, let's go ahead and get to games this week, which for me, I did more in the movies and TV show. Uh, For me, it's just Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Okay, so I also have Mass Effect. I started playing some FIFA, which I guess ends up being kind of timely now. 
And then I did finish Resident Evil Village. So I'm not going to do any spoilers on it, but I can give like an overall impression. So what do we want to start with? Mass Effect? Yeah, I'll say we start with Mass Effect. Now, this is really only the Legendary Edition. So Mm -hmm. Mass Effect 1. Right. I didn't touch two or three yet. Yeah, I haven't either. And I highly doubt those got that much of an upgrade, but we'll see uh, once we get a little bit further into it. These games will take a long time, at least for us to review, because we have to play all the other games. And Mass Effect isn't really a short franchise either. Not at all. (laughs) I think the first one, if I remember correctly, you can get through fairly quickly if you want to. But if you go off the rails and go into all the side quests, you're going to be there a while, especially in the Citadel. Yeah, exactly. For for me, the Legendary Edition, it does... It does good on the graphics and visual side of things. I do think that the the character models all got a decent upgrade. Like the character models themselves, I think, are kind of what shine here. Yep. The environment around them, I really don't think got that much of an upgrade, if I'm being honest. Uh, it's definitely some things look a lot more flatter and not as textured as maybe somebody would like of a four scale up up um upscaled game. Mm-hmm. But and you're going to mention it as well I imagine, but the the thing that really kind of downplays everything is the gameplay wise. The shooting isn't very fluted, it's not a lot of fun. Yeah. And it de- it the it definitely shows its age there where shooting is kind of a hard time to get through in a lot of ways and the dialogue is also can be kind of stiff. Yeah. And you know, yes, there are benefits to this and how the Mako uh, runs a lot better. The loading times are a ton, ton more better on this version as well. So mm-hmm. you kind of have your pick of, you know, OK, this is better, but at the sacrifice of this or this didn't get better instead. Uh, overall, it for for me, the Legendary Edition didn't wow me as much as I th- thought it was going to. But I also haven't finished the game, so I have to get farther into it and see what happens. Yeah, I enjoy the Mass Effect series a lot. Um, The one thing with the Mass Effect series is as it went along, it can, you know, the two and three, like the controls got better. The shooting got better, became more of like a almost a Gears of War third person shooter by three. Um, And that was a good thing because I remember playing Mass Effect, the first one on the 360 and getting to pass like the first area right before you get to the Citadel and like putting it down for a good probably year or two years because I just could not take the way it controlled and the way it played. And then when I finally went back to it and I was like, oh, this story is actually really good. It compelled me to go on and play. And then when you get to two and three, it's just a vastly superior game. Right. Yeah, it really is. Play. It really is. And you're fully invested by that point. The story is phenomenal and like it controls better. Um, I think. As far as visual wise, it looks good. I don't think it's on par with um, some other, you know, remasters, right? Specifically, I'm looking at it's not really the same, but like a Tony Hawk, right? Taking a game that was beloved like Mass Effect, but making it look like a true current game. I don't think they made this look like a true current gen game. It looks like this is still the same Mass Effect I remember, but with a little polish on it. And I know some people are going to, probably not agree with me there and that's fine but um i just think they could have done some more work to make it more playable in you know because there's a lot of people who haven't played mass effect particularly the younger audience that you know this is a good way to get them into it but these controls and the menus um are going to turn a lot of people off so yeah if you're not invested in this series 
you know, like the people, probably a majority of the people who are buying this are, you're probably not going to get through that first game and you're going to miss out on two and three, which is phenomenal gameplay and phenomenal storytelling. So I think it's a big disservice that they didn't put more work into this. I, I, I can tell they put work into it, but it, it needed a lot more. So it's just for me, it's a little rough. It almost makes me since I've played it multiple times, like it makes me want to be like, oh, I already know this game. I've already beaten it multiple times. Do I really want to play through it again? Um, which is kind of a bummer because I was looking forward to this a lot. Yeah. And one thing I do want to mention, and maybe this might have been just for me, but because I did jump in at the Xbox, so I played the original, mm-hmm. but I switched to Mass Effect 2 on the PS3. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to actually do more research because this might end up being worth looking into. But on the PS3 version of Mass Effect 3, it came with a, a prequel to where you saw what you saw the events that happened in Mass Effect 1 and you got to make all of the major decisions. Mm-hmm. And that allowed you to skip all of Mass Effect 1 and go straight into 2 and still feel like all of your choices and everything carried over to 3. And from what I understand as well, the the deci- um, the ending for three, if you carried over all your decisions, whether it's PlayStation or Xbox, ended up being the same. Yeah. So yep. that would have been a really smart thing for Bioware to add if it's not in there. And if it isn't in there, they could definitely add it. Yeah. And I think that would definitely save people from kind of the slog that is Mass Effect 1 mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways and get them right into 2, which is phenomenally better gameplay wise. Yeah. And I do want to play through it all again. I really do. But like, it's just I mean, I, I put it in right and I streamed on Friday and, you know, I played about an hour and I just didn't really want to play it anymore at that point. I was just kind of done. And it's such a bummer that like I want to play through this game. I want to experience again because there's a lot I don't remember because I haven't played through it in a while. Uh, But when it's, you know, fighting against you this hard with man, the menus, I just think are they've always been bad. But like Mass Effect one, the menus atrocious two and three. It got a lot better. The controls are eh, I hate holding a button to run. Right. Like, let me push in the analog stick and run like that's just little things that they could have changed very quickly that would have made it feel like a modern third person shooter which is what this game is at heart um they just i don't know i just they didn't put enough work into it i don't think yeah so it's probably for me i mean if you have never played the mass effect trilogy i would say you should probably buy it and get through the first one and then once you get to the second and third one you'll be fine but if you've already played it and you don't have like a genuine genuine love for this i really don't see a reason to pick it up yeah, I have to agree with you. Um, all right, so I need to go use the bathroom real quick. You're so good. Back. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. So you said you played other games this week yeah, as well. So FIFA, um, they added FIFA 21 onto Game Pass. So, of course, I downloaded it because I have not played it this year yet. Uh, I played FIFA 20 a little bit last year, very quickly. Um, FIFA is not normally my game, but every once in a while I can get into it. Um First impressions, it's fine. I don't it doesn't seem like they changed a whole lot. I don't see a lot of next gen upgrades. I don't know. Maybe you noticed more having played it more, Um, but they you know, there's no story mode anymore. That's kind of absent and that could be good or bad. I didn't mind the story modes in FIFA. I thought they were entertaining, but I also refuse to touch ultimate team like I'm not going down that rabbit hole. So it's fine. Um, You know, having not played 
a FIFA game in a little bit. Like I enjoy it, but it's probably something that I'll play for a couple of days and be good with kind of like MLB. Yeah, I will say really the only difference that I find that they made a big upgrade with is going to be kind of the graphics detail. Mm-hmm. The The players faces got a lot more animated and the celebrations were also a lot uh, more. I guess they felt real in a way, but it was just pretty much the player models themselves got a big upgrade from the last gen to the next gen version mm-hmm. so overall you're, you're right like if you're not getting into fifa ultimate team there isn't a lot of content to get into <laughs> right uh especially considering that new players usually like to have a story mode to get familiar with the concept of the game or yeah to figure out the controls and that's not something you have anymore i mean you could still do you know like a uh, career mode and you can create your own character and and do all that but there is no story behind it it just throws you into whatever team you decide you want to be on. And if you perform well, your stats go up. Same thing as Madden. But uh, I mean, it's fun. It's fine. I don't think it's horrible. Um, and it is still one of the most popular games out there worldwide. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> and then uh, I did finish Resident Evil Village. You're still playing through it. And I don't want to do any type of spoilers because I'm sure we'll do our a separate podcast for this game once we we've once we've all finished it. Um, but having finished it, I feel like it tied up a lot of questions I had from seven and eight with Ethan um, very well. I enjoyed the ending a lot. Um, the part that you just did on stream. And again, like I'm not going to spoil it, even though you guys you streamed it is one of the most terrifying scenes, I think, ever in a Resident Evil game, for sure. It's up there for me with in seven with the grandma um, as far as terrifying. But I think this one was worse. This one is uh, pretty intense. Um you know, taking taking your weapons and again, I'm not trying to spoil anything, but like always adds a little bit of fear because you can't you can't fight back. And it was so perfect when you were streaming and you said you were like, oh, I just got to keep reminding myself I can shoot anything <laughs> as I'm sitting there watching you. I'm like, well, not for long because they're about to take your weapons. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I definitely, you know, Capcom had come out and said that with eight, they did get some criticism on seven that it was too scary and everybody wanted to play the game because of the story. But a lot of people felt like they couldn't because it was too scary. So they did admit that they toned this game back quite a bit. Uh, But that second section um, is them, you know, telling you that like, hey, we can still scare you if we want to and we can do it very, very well. So I thoroughly enjoy that part. I don't want to play that part ever again, but like I enjoy, you know, the production value on that. And just the production value in the game in general is I think phenomenal. Resident Evil, I don't like to go down like like the sound production of games because I'm not that type of person, but the sound on Resident Evil is top notch. It's one of the best in video games right now, I think. Um, you know, for you, I think you're very aware of that after you yeah. did that section. Yeah. Um yeah, but I, I, am. I just think it's like Man, the, it's the little stuff for me, like the doors opening, the sounds they make there, you know, the sounds when you reload your guns, that's the when you're running and they'll just have a random twig snap behind you and your headphones. It's all that stuff that puts you on edge and it just like draws you into that world. Um, I thought all the the bosses, the individual characters were very, very good. They're all unique and they're all entertaining, you know, to beat. And then the end, like I said, like ties everything up very very well and i think they still have one more planned in this like universe with ethan or whatever but and his family but man this is 
I think this is comfortably going to sit top five for me this year. Cool. Um, it'll probably yeah. be near the top, but we have some other games that I have to consider before we get into, you know, that we still got half a year here, but absolutely phenomenal game. Highly recommend everybody play it. Even if you're not really into horror games, I think there's a lot there. Um, you know, the, the hub world adding in the ability to make food now to upgrade your stats, I thought was a cool addition. Um, the, the vendor Duke, I think he's phenomenal. Um, just, just a fantastic game. Yeah, I'm with you hundred percent so far. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. The game's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew, I knew it was going to happen eventually and we got there mm-hmm. and really the only thing of like for me that makes me, I don't really know what's going on in a lot of these things. And that's because this is my first kind of jumping into point in a lot of ways for it. I, I played a little bit of seven. I played the DLC myself, but Mm -hmm. I also watched people, um, play, uh, seven as well. So it wasn't nearly as scary, Mm -hmm. uh, for me as anything else. I'm interested to see if whether or not resident evil decides to do DLC for village, because one, I think you, I think you could. Yeah. And two, I wonder if they, they're probably gathering all the opinions right now about what people liked about eight and village and what they did Mm -hmm. and i'm just wondering if they're gonna go okay you know people want more scary dlc is gonna be the scary bit so i um, think they could i think they might ramp it up when they make another one right when they go for nine or whatever they call it at that point i think they might ramp it back up because i think people have been saying like oh this one's not scary except for that one part so be prepared for them to come out swinging again yeah but this is a good medium for me Mm -hmm. i don't need to get i don't need to get worse (laughs) i I know there's kind of two different uh, like different opinions on, oh, they want it to be more horror. They want it to be more action. Right. I prefer the action bit, but I I as I've proved, I will get scared Mm -hmm. and I've and I am willing to overlook it being scary if other parts of the game shine through more and make Mm -hmm. me want to continue playing. If the game's goal is just to constantly scare me and make me, you know, not want to play the game. I don't think I could get through nine if that's what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. If it's just going to be more of a take, for example, like PT, which was a very popular horror game where nothing you did, you weren't fighting anything and there was really no action to it. And yeah, overall PT, a lot of people say is the much scarier game by far, but that's not a game for me. I'm going to get into. Right. And I think for resident evil and Capcom, they need to understand that this action thing is selling better than previous uh, resident evils were. Yeah. So I think at that point, it's a matter of finding a balance between this is, this can be scarier. This isn't, or you just add a slider where how scary do you want the game to be and go from there? Maybe, Maybe that means more lights are on or something like that for the game. So that's I guess that could be an option. I mean, Resident Evil 7 was a game that didn't sell as well at first. Um, but then when everybody who normally plays horror games were like, man, you really need to play this game. The story is phenomenal. More people started to play it. And there's probably a. a big group of people who never actually finished it because they were too scared because I'm going to be honest playing seven. There was multiple times where like I questioned if I wanted to finish that game because I was like, this is terrifying. I don't want to do this. But ultimately, it was the story that I was like super interested in um, and that propelled me into beating it. And then obviously going into eight, I felt like, you know, I've reached the point where I'm just kind of it still scares me, but I'm kind of numb to it. 
right? Like just everything is just like, okay, I'm going to get scared, but that's fine. So I would be fine with them going scarier. We'll see. Um, I guess it depends if this sells really well, maybe they're like, all right, this is the formula that works. Um, and we're just going to stick with, you know, more on the action oriented side with some jump scares and maybe a part or two that's going to be more psychological horror to, to please, you know, the hardcore horror fans. But overall, like the story is, I think, the best it's ever been in the Resident Evil universe. Uh, we won't talk about the movies. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've seen every movie, but they're not good. So, you know, hats off to Capcom. I think this is phenomenal. They've been killing it lately with Monster Hunter and Resident Evil, and they can really do no wrong right now. Yeah, everything they're doing really turns into gold. We also yep. have Resident Evil 4 VR coming out on yes. the Quest exclusively later this year. So there's been a good balance of stuff that is passed and getting remastered, especially with 2 and 3. Like 2 and 3, I like both of those remasters are just so great yep. for what they are. And they're not as scary because it's kind of third person. Mm -hmm. And then 8 comes out and eight selling like crazy. And then you have the rise of Monster Hunter, which Monster Hunter World did it crazy. And now um, Monster Hunter for the Switch as well is also doing very well. So good good on all fronts for Capcom, especially considering that uh, they were kind of struggling in, yeah. in a lot of ways beforehand. There was a time not too long ago. I specifically remember the E3 when they announced Resident Evil 7. And I remember the talks of being like, man, if this doesn't do well, I don't even know if Capcom's going to exist much longer because they were just missing on pretty much everything they put out besides Monster Hunter. But even then, Monster Hunter wasn't popular over here then, you know, as much as it is in Japan or that kind of stuff. But ever since, you know, Resident Evil 7, I feel like, man, they are just they went from barely surviving to just dominating right now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's yeah, that that's kind of my opinions on RE Village so yep. far. I'm definitely enjoying it and I will finish it. Cool. That's, that's the goal here. So that's it for you and games. That's all I played, yep. All right, this is my time to shine. Let's Movies and it. TV shows, which is something that I definitely don't shine in as much. <laughs> Did you end up finishing Without Remorse? Yes. Okay, so we'll talk about that one first. I ended up watching Mitchell versus the Mitchells versus the Machines Sweet. as well. Sweet, okay. We also have a new episode of The Bad Batch, and Castlevania Season 4 came out. I'll give initial opinions. I'm not done with it yet. I'll have okay. it for next podcast. Sweet. And then I also have a quick preview, which I really Ooh. want people to watch this. So we'll okay. see what ends up happening. So we want to talk about without remorse first. Yeah, we can do that. So I literally just finished this movie like <laughs> okay. I fresh, super fresh. Yes. Yes. It is right off the pages here. OK. And I think a majority of without remorse, I think, is a pretty good film. It it lacks a lot of things, though. It lacks. um how do, how do I say it? Do we just go spoilers here? I mean, you can. It's fine. I don't think yeah, we well, have to have a separate. We're never going to have a separate podcast for movies. So I think it's fine to do spoilers for it. So spoilers for without remorse here yep. or without remorse here. But like Michael B. Jordan is a really great actor and he yes. carries this movie in a lot of ways. And I enjoy every time he's on screen and doing something. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a Tom Clancy uh rend rendition so there's always this villain and then there's the government that's the actual villain mm -hmm. and the villain not the government one the person that uh michael b jordan's character is going after is uh like they 
you go after it and it the really thing that kind of I keep thinking about this movie with it kind of it lacks in a lot of things like there is no fantastic rivalry between the two. Yes, the villain killed his um killed his family, but right. we also it just you don't see him do anything else. You know, you usually get to figure out what the villain's doing or why he's doing what he's doing. In this case, they literally tell you, "Oh, that's a guy we thought was dead who's not. Now we need to go capture him." Yep. And then you see him, you know, for a couple more seconds in the film and then that's it. <laughs> but after kind of the whole villain going to uh, going to another country to capture or kill the guy, like the movie falls off exponentially mm-hmm. like the it was just very boring toward the end, which is not really a way you want to finish a movie, especially when it's boring for as long as it is. Yep. Um, that's really kind of what I have to say, and I know it's <laughs> not a lot, but, uh, you know, and I love these types of movies and it's kind of hard for me to say bad about it when like on a good sound bar the pop of like guns firing is like always satisfying to me mm-hmm. so you know that part of the movie's good there but the story itself it's it, this movie's a prequel to something bigger i think that amazon could be doing or a bigger movie that eventually comes out according to the uh the scene after the credits and i'm just hoping they maybe put more money into it and maybe make it more of something people want to watch yeah um i love michael b jordan yeah michael b jordan is uh killmonger fantastic michael b jordan is creed fantastic michael b jordan is pretty much anything is fantastic uh my critique on this movie is we've had quite a few john wick movies now so i feel comfortable calling him the john wick genre if you're gonna make a john wick style movie where you know, you kill a person's family and, you know, it's revenge, right? If you're going to do that, you better do it well, because there's been so many movies who have done that formula to a certain extent, right? Um, John Wick is the top tier. Um, yeah. you, you had nobody like last month with Bob Odenkirk, same thing, but they did a very good job. I just don't think they did a good job here. Um, Michael B. Jordan is doing what he can. That scene when he's in his jail cell and he turns the water on and he wraps like his clothes around his arm, his fist yeah. and stuff. Phenomenal. I thought it looked really cool, but I just think the story here is just not good. Um, the action in this movie is good, but I was bored as hell the entire time other than that. So I had no real you know, interest in it besides like, oh, that was a cool action sequence. Um, if they would have put this in movie theaters, I think it probably would have tanked in under normal circumstances. So it's so it's too. good that they put it on Amazon Prime. Maybe they can do more with it later. I'm sure I'll watch another one if they make it. But I was just I was bored with this movie majority of the time, not just at the end. So I was kind of disappointed. But, you know, hats off to him. He did what he could with this script. <laughs> it just yeah. Wasn't and good. as I was as this movie ended, I kind of found myself comparing it to Sicario, which is like a, yeah. one of my all time favorite. Like Sicario is one of my all time favorite movies. And I it, it lacks that suspense that you mm-hmm. feel in Sicario, where this kind of under like Sicario is kind of an underground drug lord type of thing. And this kind of where the government is skewed, but you kind of figure out and it kind of ends up screwing the characters in a lot of ways. But this movie just didn't have the suspense that Sicario did. And that's why I don't enjoy it as much. Yeah. And yeah, the action scenes itself is great. The. 
I like the fight in the in the jail cell was mm-hmm. awesome. I also thought the kind of the climax of it all, the set piece where they're pinned down by sniper fire was also very well thought out and I thought it was yeah. entertaining. Yeah. But then there are the other parts of this movie where it's just kind of meh and it's and it's just not as exciting or not as suspenseful at all. Yeah. And really you can point out this villain, the government villain within five ten minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, you can. if I'm being honest. It was <laughs> The, the really the the main problem I have is that this the government villain here you really don't have the, there really is no indication or some sort of thing that tells you oh he's going to be the one that betrays him even though I think it's very obvious mm-hmm. what what like who ends up being the government villain here but then his reasoning is kind of poor in a lot of ways where it's all about how war makes everybody a ton of money so it's it's got that kind of really stupid cliche at the end where I'm kind of like, you know what? You really could have done a lot better. It's the or, stereotypical Tom Clancy. Yeah, that's just what he does. That's how he writes. <laughs> I, I did think at some point I thought we were going to get a second. Like I thought it was going to end at a certain point. And then when he got the government, uh, the government guy all in one movie, I was kind of like, yeah, that was really anticlimactic. I was hoping maybe the second movie was him going to be going ghost yeah. and trying to figure it out because Ghost Recon is also a Tom Clancy type thing. Mm-hmm. So they could have taken the movie in two directions. And instead of going ghost, they go this other direction, which I won't spoil that because it makes me excited for what they could possibly do in the future. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, without remorse, I, we love Michael B. Jordan. We but do. This movie just didn't do the same for me as I was hoping it was going to. It's a it's a pass. Yeah. For, for me. Yep. Give me uh, give me the Mitchells. Let me hear it. Yeah, the Mitchell versus the machines. I had a lot of fun with <laughs> okay. um, the I think the animation is, of course, fantastic. Yeah. Like Sony, this type of animation style. And since they kind of bombed with the emoji movie, mm-hmm. came back with Spider-Man. And now this with uh, the Mitchell's versus the machines, I think is just shown the growth that they had. And the animation style is definitely grown. And it's awesome. Yeah, I love the way it looks. And the voice acting it's headed by big voice actors so again we have excellent kind of across the board there i do have to admit the kind of cliche moments are kind of a little bit dulled and over for me in a lot of ways mm-hmm. the you know you can only take so much of the amaya he amaya ha song <laughs> and you know a lot of people found that funny where mm-hmm. for me it was more oh it's this song again it's kind of cringe I really I have. But the story between Katie and the father, Rick, I thought was just awesome. Yeah. Um, The story is what carried me through this movie. Not so much the jokes, because, you know, as someone who's a video editor, I did kind of enjoy her little her quirky personality and in the way that she kind of edits the movie in itself mm-hmm. and adds all these, you know, fun little random pop ups to it as well. I find that fun, but it just the movie wasn't funny. For me, it was just a really good movie in general. I think that's where my perspective kind of differs because a lot of people are saying it's hilarious. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be a funny movie, I guess, just for me, like the story is what carried me through all of that. That's fair. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What else you got? So those were the two movies. The next one is Bad Batch and Castlevania season four. I was going to ask, what did you end up watching? So I watched Those Who Wish Me Dead, which is on HBO. Um, Angelina Jolie's movie that I think was originally supposed to come out in theaters. Um, I have a hard time with Angelina Jolie. Like 
I still picture her as Tomb Raider, Wanted, Salt, like this big action hero. And it's it was almost jarring for me at first to see her as like, she's older now, right? Like she's super skinny now. She just looks completely different. Um, but this movie was like extremely entertaining for me. I wasn't sure. I was kind of up in the air. She's like a, uh, I don't know what you call them. She's a firefighter essentially, but they deal with forest fires. Um, and there's a a kid whose dad gets involved with something political and these these two guys are going around killing all these people that are involved with this to cover it up. Um, they end up killing his dad, but he gets away and ends up running into Angelina Jolie's character who is in like a firewatch tower. Um, and it becomes this thing where she's trying to protect him, you know, throughout the night. Um, and there's also like a forest fire she has to deal with and all kinds of stuff. It's a very interesting take on like a you know surviving two people trying to kill you and she's not an action hero by any sense in this movie she gets her moment to be an action hero in the end but for the most part like this is her showing off you know like she is a mom so like being like the caring person and you know just keeping this kid safe um but i thought this movie was extremely entertaining uh i was never bored with it it moves along pretty quick it's only an hour and a half so they kind of get to the point um, and get you into the good stuff here. Um, so 100% a recommend for me. I had a good time with it. It's on HBO Max. So if you have HBO, you can just watch it. Um, definitely a checkout for me. Uh, I'll go into the Bad Batch then for me. This okay. is episode three. And this is uh, definitely a little bit of a rebound, more more or less for me, where the second episode was kind of steering Omega and uh, and the Bad Batch to be kind of a family father you know father's you know kind of tale this one they end up getting stranded and the they their part that they need ends up getting stolen by a by a creature and then omega and hunter have to go out and find this piece and omega has ends up having to fend for herself a little bit and you're also kind of getting the feeling of what her what her kind of ability is because in a lot of ways i think she's kind of telepathic in that she can feel how people feel and it's kind of leading us down a road where we might end up seeing Omega be a force sensitive clone, okay. which I think would end up kind of blowing up the entire, uh, um, uh, the entire like star Wars franchise in a lot of ways. It, we have to see how this ends of course. But if Omega ends up being a character that ends up coming back into more mainstream Star Wars stuff, uh, clone is not supposed to have midichlorians at all. So right. and that's what the Jedi's use to have the force control the force and sense it. We're kind of seeing these instances of Omega being able to do that in this episode and in the first episode. So I'm just we need to see where it goes. I really like the more war piece action set pieces that uh, the Clone Wars did, and I'm more of a fan of than the slow paced storytelling. Mm -hmm. So while this episode I didn't think I thought was an upgrade from the second one, I'm still kind of waiting for for them to do something, for them to you know be more of the action type clone base. And you find out also you know crosshair the sniper kind of the, the sniper expert guy is the one who portrayed him and is working with the empire and you kind of figure out like he's the empire is as ruthless as they are because of like stuff that he does you know he 
Crosshair's um, Empire team runs into Saul Guerrero's, one of Saul Guerrero's like support teams, and the clones at first are all like, "No, we don't want to kill innocents." And then Crosshair's all about all is all about a good soldier follows orders, and he repeatedly uses that line. <laughs> so you end up seeing the clones or the the Empire kill innocents and, cl- and kill people who have no connection to Saul Guerrero's uh support troops or armies at all so it's kind of i'm interested to see how this direction ends up going because i want to see more action out of the main squad and see what ends up happening with them but have to be patient i'm hoping that they're just trying to set up for you know for something more and it's not just these kind of one-off tales all the time yeah it's not just you but it it seems like this uh series is a lot slower than people thought it was going to be yeah. Which is kind of weird for a Star Wars series, but I guess if you think to like Rogue One was kind of a slower movie until the end as well. So it could be cool if it pays off, then sure. Yeah. I still have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am on episode 23 of Demon Slayer. I'm almost there. Craig, Craig's anime corner. Yep. Craig, sorry, I didn't I didn't announce it to the world. That is my fault. My anime corner has now <laughs> begun. Um. So episode 23, I got through the fabled episode 19 and it was pretty cool. I would say, though, in my opinion, I think episode 20 was a little bit cooler. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is. It's more of the moment of episode 19 and that moment that happens. Yeah. yeah. And then episode 19 and then episode 20 is just it's definitely the more I I agree. It's the more cooler of the two. So, again, I'm going to apologize in advance because I'll probably end up butchering every single one of these names for sure um but in episode 20 particularly um the female who comes in is it shinobu yeah shinobu yeah you got it i really enjoyed her like her character and like her insect style i thought was cool she looks like a butterfly right with her uh kimono or whatever she's wearing i thought she was very interesting and i enjoyed her a lot um, her sword, I thought, was cool that she you know she can't actually she doesn't have the power to decapitate zom- uh, not zombies, sorry, demons. So she poisons them. I thought that was really cool. It's an interesting take on that. Um, and then past those episodes, you know, where you and, and other people have warned me, they're like, oh, it's going to slow down a little bit. And like I have hit that with the uh, is it the Hashira? Hashira, right? yes. Hashira. Yeah. But I'm actually enjoying, you know, all of that, even though there isn't a whole lot of like action going on i'm enjoying that story of them kind of fighting against having a demon there they're you know they're all about no that's not shouldn't be a thing but i enjoy all those characters so i'm having a good time i was like bracing to like hit episode 21 and 22 and be like man this is a drag but i'm not really hitting that so you know i should be able to finish this for sure this week and then have like my full impression and then i'll be ready for the movie i don't think i'm going to see the movie in theaters i'll probably just wait until it comes out and watch it then i'm fine to wait but so far i've been having a ton of fun with this series i think it's very good a little bit of a slow start but once you get going man it's entertaining yeah it, it is really entertaining you met my favorite man ren goku he is the flame <laughs> hashira he's so awesome why is he always uh, smiling it's weird so <laughs> like one constantly. of the things and yeah i was i was reading why kind of demon slayer is so popular in in japanese and why that movie like broke a whole crap ton of records mm-hmm. and it's apparently that demon slayer does a lot of stuff that we as americans don't know about okay where it's a lot of like old timey like um stereotypes a lot of old timey um like traditions and character kind of progressions 
are kind of embedded in ancient Japanese culture. And apparently that's what a demon slayer is doing in a lot of ways where little character quirks are kind of what they had in like ancient folklore tales and that kind of thing. And I think that's really cool that like, I don't even know that this stuff is going on Mm -hmm. and you know, we all still get to enjoy demon slayer, but uh, the Japanese seem to have this almost respect for it because of, um, the th- uh, the things and quirks that they had to characters and how it respects ancient you know um, Japanese storytelling in a lot of ways. So I just I just think that's a little fun fact, and I'm I'm really glad you end up uh, being able to watch it and that you enjoyed both episodes. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. So, you know, I'll be ready for the movie when it comes out. I'm sure they'll be doing more seasons, right? So I'm sure. Yes, be yeah, yeah, there will be another season. We'll yep. be you know, I'll, I look forward to be able to watch that in time with everybody else and not be playing catch up. Yeah. And then for me, we have uh, Castlevania season four. Mm -hmm. I'm only four episodes in. I will say how Castlevania has kind of worked is it's this build up toward the last like five episodes being this crazy train of adrenaline that Mm -hmm. you can't stop binge watching. I'm into episode four and like we can see that it's building up towards something and we can kind of see where multitudes of this stuff can go. But um Trevor Balmont is continues to be a main star of this. Um, Alucard is also tends to like, we haven't seen a lot of him through four episodes, but you can tell he's going to get his moment as well. And I think her name is Cypher or Syphy or something a lot uh, or something along those lines. I love her character and the way she does magic as well. Like the animation for all of their fight scenes has and continues to be a really good like way of watching it. So I'm just, I'm, just excited to see what ends up being the culmination of this because I was texting you and I didn't know series uh, season four was going to be the end of it. Right. So really the only thing I can do is strap in and watch the end of this wild ride here. It's, it is one of the best Netflix original series. And I'm glad that uh, according to a lot of reviews, they seem to do the series justice. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've enjoying it. Um, you had texted me and said that, you know, the new season was out. And when I went to go, I realized I hadn't watched season three. So I'm a little behind. But once I finish Demon Slayer, I'm going to hop right into that and get that out of the way. Yeah. So I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. You end up watching anything else? Nope. That was it. All right. So that's going to be the cue for me to end the podcast here. Thank you guys for listening. And thank you guys for sharing it if you ended up liking it as well. If you want to get involved in our community, we have a Twitch, which again, we've been twitching a lot, you know, mm-hmm. well, we've been streaming on Twitch a lot uh, with me playing Resident Evil. We're trying to look into a way to maybe do Apex and get both of our chats going at the same time. Yep. I will be playing Pokemon Pearl and trying to add my own little twist to it at the end here. We have you who's probably going to end up doing a bit more of Mass Effect and showing that off. Yep. Maybe we, some retro stuff. Yeah. We'll so that. A lot more Twitch content coming because we're I'm enjoying it and it's been yep. a lot of fun so far. We also have a Facebook and Instagram and a Twitter page. If you're interested in that, please follow. I am. Uh, we're very active on all of those things. So mm-hmm. if you want to ask a quick question or get a gaming opinion and see what ours is, uh, that's the best way to reach out to us. Yep. And if you want to as well, we would do email submissions as well. If you're interested, it's high sensitivity podcast at gmail dot com. And with all that out of the way, thanks again for listening, guys, and we'll see you guys next time. See you later.